Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Lawrence Gregory. It is entitled, A Better World Ahead. Good afternoon. If you could, what would you change in the world today? Do you like it the way it is? How would you help make the world today a better world ahead? It's very evident that the world today has got many problems that need solving. Not just in America, but in the whole world. We're in a desperately worsening situation. Today, we have tragic violence, poverty, crime, disease, terrorism, wickedness, confusion, uncertainty, compared to the wonderful world tomorrow, a beautiful, peaceful, prosperous, happy, godly society. If we'll accept it, there are two main reasons for the evils that are in the world today. And when they're removed, then righteousness and good will prevail. First, I've listed those two reasons. Then we're going to see some scriptures. Then a few closing comments. Now for the two points that... I have listed for today. The first is the worldwide deception and false worship of Satan. The second is the worldwide collapse in morals, character, and a breakdown in society called sin. That's the two S words, Satan and sin. And we're going to be looking at that today. First, I have uh, a few scriptures that I'd like to consider about Satan. First is in 1 John 5.19. 1 John 5.19. It says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Outside, the whole world lies in wickedness. Outside of those saints of God who have the character of Jesus Christ. The second scripture is in Revelation 12, 9. And we'll turn there and read Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, 
and his angels were cast out with him. That was when they were cast originally, many millenniums ago, when they were cast out of heaven. And God got rid of the evil that was there. And they came to earth. And they've been causing problems ever since. Now, in Galatians 1.4, we see both of these that are listed together. Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. And uh, I hope you'll understand for sake of time, like uh, Doyle mentioned in the first uh, message, that we have to amend and abbreviate some of the readings. We can't refer to a lot of scriptures, but just a few. So I'm going to break into a sentence here in verse 4 of Galatians 1, talking about Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. And so we have Jesus Christ who can deliver us from Satan, who can deliver us from this present evil world, who can present us before God in a righteous way. Now, these verses that we are reading were written a couple of thousand years ago, but they're still applicable and personable to us today. And they describe Satan as he was millenniums ago, the past and the present, the way he is today, deceiving the whole world and is worshipped by much of the world today. Now the second point that I have mentioned is sin. And we know from Genesis to Revelation, without going through a lot of scriptures, We can trace sin in mankind, his corruption, his disobedience to God, his rejection of his laws and his commandments and his righteous ways. And so sin is the transgression of the law. So we know by breaking sin, by breaking God's law, man has sinned and that has carried through. So we have those two uh, forces in the world today that we have to deal with. That is Satan and sin. Now, that's the present and the past state. There's a lot of confusion presently, and we'd ask ourselves, uh, which is better, a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent? Uh, what about a citizen or a non-citizen? What about the ethnicity of many other nations? And what about religion? Which is right? Which is the true religion? Christian? Catholic? Jewish? Or the Muslim religion? Which one of those is right? And which one of those is better? Now, I've got some notes here that I want to... uh, share with us without going through a lot of scriptures, but I have a couple here. And one of the great confusing occurrences in the world today is the increased attention to the Muslim religion. And we have to ask ourselves, will that be the dominant religion in the future? I'm just going to answer this. No, it is not. 
Now, in our Tuesday night Bible studies, we've been spending a lot of time studying the book of Daniel, and we've been going through the four world-ruling empires. The first one was the Babylonian Empire, the Chaldean Empire that uh, ruled on this earth from 625 to 538 B.C. The second is the Medo-Persian Empire that ruled from 558 to 330 B.C., roughly. And there's some overlapping of when they began and when they ended and when they collapsed. The Greco-Macedonian Empire that was uh, around 333 to 330 B.C. And then the Roman Empire that existed from 31 B.C. up to 470 when it was reestablished and resurrected and then up to and has continued down to the future that is ahead of us in the 2,000 years. So we expect soon the end and collapse of that Roman Empire as the fifth kingdom, the stone kingdom, that breaks in pieces those uh, ten toes that are on the foot of that creature that uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw back in Daniel chapter 2 and collapses all those other world-ruling empires and establishes the kingdom of God that's soon to come on this earth in the world ahead of us. And we are looking with great anticipation and great eagerness for that to occur. But we know a lot of evil and a lot of holocaust and a lot of bad things are going to happen before then. But our hope is on the establishment of the kingdom of God, that fifth kingdom that is going to come soon to this earth. Now, uh, just to reiterate and, and review just a little bit, let's go back to uh, Daniel, the seventh chapter. And... Um, We'll read a little bit here, a verse that came, a question came about this in Daniel 7, 7. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a terrible beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was different or diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. And so the question is, how is this beast different? Well, first, we have part of the description of this beast that was the Roman Empire, the fourth beast that put an end to the other uh, beast and their dominance. We'll read some of that. And the difference of how it continued on for a couple of thousand years or more up until the present time. It's had some changes and some uh, revitalization and uh, John saw in the book of Revelation a little different and, and he added some things to the description of this beast that is the Roman Empire and its continuance. So uh, we'll go here to uh, uh, Daniel, while we're here, verse uh, in the seventh chapter, verse 12. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. So the world ruling empire ended, but the populace, the people, continued living on into the, the next kingdom. And so the Babylonian Empire became the Medo-Persian Empire. Medo-Persian became the Greco-Macedonian. The Greco-Macedonian became 
the, at its uh, end, the uh, Roman Empire that took over. So the dominion of those world-ruling empires ended, but the people continued to live. And uh, verse uh, 13 and through 14, And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And in verse 21 through 27, let me read uh, 21. And I beheld, and the same horn made war, made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed a kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be different from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns, now see, the, uh, some of those earlier uh, kingdoms ruled only over a certain portion of the earth. But this fourth beast, this Roman Empire, that is going to continue on some of the policies and actions of those earlier kingdoms, even though they cease to exist, is going to rule over the whole world. And so we see the difference is that it continued for several thousand years and is in existence today and will continue to get more powerful as time goes on until the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ, comes and destroys it. And verse 24, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and shall be different from the first, and shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times, and the dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heavens shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and dominion shall serve and obey him. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going back into those uh, earlier kingdoms, nor into the Roman Empire, and to show how the uh, continuation of some of the influence of that evil horn, that evil speaking uh, personage is a similar, similar a description of one of the uh, descendants of the Greco-Macedonian Antiochus Epiphanes, who set up originally the abomination of desolation. And Jesus talked about the abomination of desolation. When we see it in the temple in Jerusalem in the future, know that the end is real close. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of those prophecies because we've talked about them before. Uh, we've explained them. And uh, we uh, have to consider, though, some of the influence of that Roman Empire, while the world is looking to the Muslim religion, the Church of God, and we've got to remember the Bible is talking about the continuation 
of that uh, dominion of that world ruling empire and of someone who rises up a great false prophet Paul talks about this in other scriptures that we won't go into and begins to exert influence and authority against Christ and against the world so let's just keep a lot of that in mind there now in Revelation 13 and 17 and we won't go there but I'll just refer to it and you can go and read it on your own uh, John gives a further description of that beast and of the uh, heads and of the horns and uh, how it conflicts with the world today and battles against Christ and his kingdom. But fortunately, thank God, Christ and his kingdom is uh, successful and uh, overcomes uh, the um, influence of Satan through that great religious uh, force. Now, I want to continue on here with a couple of scriptures. In uh, 1 Timothy, the uh, third chapter, verse 13, 1 Timothy 3, 13. It says, uh, no, that's, uh, that's not a good, that's not the scripture that I want. Um, just forget that one. Let's go to Matthew 24 uh, chapter. I wrote down a wrong reference there. Matthew 24. And uh, this is uh, just briefly the Olivet prophecy. We're not going to go through all of this. Just a couple of references here. In uh, Matthew 24 and uh, verse 21 and 22. It says, For then shall be great tribulation. That's just ahead of us. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And so we can thank God that Jesus Christ has looked ahead a couple of thousand years and told us that no matter how bad it gets, if it continued on unchecked, all flesh would be uh, destroyed off of this earth. That there would be no flesh saved alive, is what he was saying. But thank God he's going to cut it short, and he is going to come back, and that fifth world ruling empire, the kingdom of God, that we are going to be included in, is going to be set up, and dominion will never be taken from us. We will rule over this earth and bring... Uh, peace and prosperity. Now, uh, for our sakes, that's going to happen. And the kingdom of God is going to come on this earth. We can thank God for that. Now, uh, I want to continue with a few more scriptures here in this vein. And we'll go back to Isaiah, the 59th chapter. Verse 16, Isaiah 59:16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. 
Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. So as God began to look around and look for a deliverer, there wasn't anyone. No man was worthy, but one, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was worthy to get rid of sin, to get rid of Satan, to set up his kingdom. Only he is able. In Isaiah 63rd chapter, verse 1 through verse 6. Who is this that comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore are you red in your apparel and your garments like him that treadeth in the winefat, is asked. I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people that was, there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in my anger, and make them drunk in my fury, and I will bring down their strength to the earth. And we can look and we can go on to... Uh, Further description here in Revelation, the 19th chapter, as we uh, understand this uh, is uh, applicable to Christ's return and to his uh, coming the second time. Revelation 19, uh, verse 11 through 16. I'll just read a few verses here. Revelation 19. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he, and he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. And so he comes in war from the Mideast and his blood-soaked robes showing that he is through war going to put down all of the wars of mankind. Now, I have a, a summary of uh, some of the changes that are ahead for us. And just uh, without going through a lot of scriptures, I'm just going to summarize some of these uh, changes. And listen to this, and you can 
fill in your scriptures that you know of. In the future, when Christ comes, wars are going to cease. No more warfare. Healing of the sick is going to take place. All the sick will be healed and made well. Wild animals, nature, will be tamed. And so the natures of wild animals will be changed. God will turn one pure language, one pure language to this earth. No more corruption, no more violence. One that everyone can understand. The meek will inherit the earth. The meek, the lowly, will inherit the earth. Thank God the meek, the lowly, the humble will rule and reign in righteousness over this earth. With righteousness and peace will they establish the kingdom of God. The family unit will be reunited. Father, mother, children, husband, wife. No more perversion in the family unit. The holy days and the Sabbath will be restored. Mankind in mass all over this world will be keeping the true Sabbath and the holy days. Not pagan days, not a pagan day, not corrupted, but in righteousness and truth, the Sabbath and the holy days, all mankind on this earth will be keeping them. Nations are going to be restored to their original homeland. So we won't have a lot of confusion and a lot of mixing of the nations. No crime, no abortions, no greedy, dishonest persons or corporations. None of that. We are confused today when we try to figure out the economy and what's pushing the economies of the world. And we look at the globalist corporations that are ripping off people. And they're getting rich in that. Yeah, a little profits, uh, that's understandable. But thank God there's going to come a time when there's going to be no more violent, corrupt, greedy, cheating, lying persons Corporations, governments, it's going to be true. Won't that be wonderful? There's going to be a just, equal, monetary system restored worldwide. Everybody's going to have the same unit of monies. Everyone. There won't be any confusion of trying to convert and trying to look at charts and getting cheated when you go to another country or you visit another nation. Everybody's going to have the same amount of money. It's all going to be directed from God down to mankind. Won't that be wonderful? There's going to be only some temporary jails. No long-term prisons. Everyone... All the sinners, all the criminals are going to be dealt with immediately. 
Yeah, you're going to need some temporary jail to hold somebody temporarily. But they're either going to repent and change or they're going to cease to exist. Think about that. Just, just think about the change in the criminal system. Only truth will be tolerated. No lies, no false gods, no false religions. Only the truth will be tolerated. Now, I've summarized a number of points, and we say, boy, wouldn't that be wonderful if that was in existence today? But it's not. It's for the world that's ahead of us. And we're going to have a part in bringing that about. And we're going to have a part in establishing the kingdom of God on this earth. Because we've been cheated and frauded and abused long enough to know, with God's help and his direction, what people need and what they're going to have. And God is finally going to bring that to this earth. Now, in Revelation, the first chapter, verse 6, back up a little bit here in Revelation, we see a few things. And he has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 5.10. These are all uh, familiar verses to us. Revelation 5.10. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. Now the original Greek says here, a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. And we shall reign on the earth. There's nothing wrong with ruling and reigning if it's godly and if it's right and according to God's way and according to his laws. That's going to come. Now, the problems of sin and Satan aren't in heaven. The problems are on this earth. And that's why Christ is coming to this earth to bring peace and to establish the kingdom of God and to set up righteousness on this earth. We don't need to go heaven, go to heaven and try to change things up there. What needs to be changed from this evil world today to the wonderful world that's ahead, the world of tomorrow, is solving the problems that are on this earth. And with God's help and with us and our input into that, we're going to do that and accomplish that. Now let's go back to uh, Isaiah, the 11th chapter. Uh, we can't go through all of uh, these verses, but I just want us to read one here, Revelation 11 uh, 9, Revelation 11, verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So in the wonderful world tomorrow, God's way is going to be supreme. It is going to cover this whole earth. 
as the waters cover the oceans, as the waters cover the seas. Won't that be wonderful? Brethren, in closing, I just want to say this, that Satan will be put away forever. Thank God for that. Satan will be put away first for a thousand years, and that's going to extend forever and ever. So he'll never be around in the future. We'll never have to worry about Satan and his demons and the evil force because evil will be put down. Sin will be put away forever and dealt with through Christ. So there will only be righteousness and holiness and godliness ahead of us. That's the good news. That's the gospel message. That's what the world needs to know. That there is a better world ahead.